Let's turn to two openings this uh, morning in James, the third chapter, and Proverbs, the 18th chapter. If you didn't bring a Bible, hold up your hand. The ushers have extra Bibles. And let's turn and find these openings, James 3 and Proverbs 18. We've been on this for some weeks now, want to continue. James 3, 2 in the NIV says, we all stumble in many ways. If anyone's never at fault in what he says, he's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. One of the big indicators of uh, the scripture referring to perfection has to do with growing up, developing completeness. Uh, If you're, you know, immature, then you're not completely developed and being mature is being completely developed. One of the biggest indicators of being mature and developed spiritually is what you say, the way you talk. Uh, People can locate you by how you talk as to whether you're a baby and immature or whether you're developed and have some maturity about you. Jesus didn't miss it in what he said. Jesus didn't get mad and upset and say a bunch of stuff and have to come back and say, I didn't mean that. I'm sorry. Now, just saying that, a lot of people think, well, Brother Keith, we're human. You know, everybody. No, listen, Jesus proved you didn't have to do that because he did it as a man. Now, we've all missed it and come short and there's forgiveness for it, but there's no excuse for it. And so is it possible for us to grow up and quit saying so much goofy stuff, so much feeling-based, circumstance-based? So many times people are talking their feelings. I just feel, and I feel like this, and usually it's negative. I just feel like they don't like me. (laughs) I just feel like something's wrong. I just feel like they didn't forgive me. I just feel like I don't know. And, 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 and I feel, and, and I just don't feel right. And I don't feel good. And I, if you're feeling ruled, you're not a faith person. Hmm? You got to make up your mind. Have you figured out that feelings fluctuate? Huh? Have you now? Oh, I'm telling you. If you're going to let your feelings run you, you're going to be a continual basket case, aren't you? I feel up, I feel down, I feel good, I feel bad, I don't know, I feel, I feel, I feel, hush, hush. I like uh, Brother Smith Wigglesworth, somebody reported in conversations dealing with him years ago, they asked him upon meeting how he felt. And said he bellowed and said, I don't ask Smith Wigglesworth how he feels. I tell him. And that's some excellent advice. We walk by faith, not by sight, and not by faith. Don't even, it's a mistake to ask you how you feel. How do you feel? Don't give me all that confession business. Now, how do you really. feel look this faith business isn't 
you know, some kind of a religious reference. This is how we live. This is reality for us. We're not playing anything. This is how the worlds were made. And this is how our world is kept together. And it's the victory that overcomes the world. Even our faith. He goes on in this chapter to describe how that uh, you can control a horse with a bit. You can control a big ship even in the midst of waves and wind with the relatively small rudder. And he says like that bit is to steer the horse, like that rudder is to steer the ship, that's the way our mouth is. Our tongue, what we say, is steering our life. Do you believe it, friends? In Proverbs, the 18th chapter, Proverbs 18 and 20, it says, A man's belly shall be satisfied with the fruit of his mouth, with what's coming out of your mouth. And with the increase of his lips shall he be filled. Before there is increase in your finances, there must be increase in your mouth. You with me, friends? Before there's increase in your business, there must be increase in the way you talk. You must talk increase. Let me caution you about this phrase. We need... We need is not a faith statement. There's no faith involved in it. And the people have a habit of saying it way too much. We need this. We need that. We've got to have this. That's not going to help you. See how quiet it got? Why? Because people are saying this entirely too much. We need this. We really need this. Man, we need this. We've got to have this. There's no faith in that. You're confessing need, you're hearing need, your faith in need is going to increase. All that's going to happen is you're going to become more and more persuaded of how much you need it. Need is not having. You're confessing lack. How about the 23rd Psalm? The Lord is my shepherd. We need. No. What if we said that every time instead of saying how much we need it? I shall not want. Instead of saying we need money to pay the bills, we shall not want for money to pay the bills. We need X amount by such a... No, we will not want X amount. We'll have it. It takes no more breath to say something that's going to help you. Huh? Then to say something that's going to hurt you. Where does increase begin? Well, I've been watching the politics and I've been watching the, you know, the economy, looking for some signs of hope. Looking for, you got to look no further than right under your nose for the beginning of your personal economic recovery. That was worth you combing your hair and coming over here this morning. Right, right there. You can start your recovery immediately. Put that verse back up there. Proverbs 18.20 A man's belly will be satisfied with what? What's coming out of his mouth. And with the what? Do you want to be full in your life? Not lacking anything? Full. Full supply. Abundance. Where does it start? What's it connected to? The increase 
It's coming out of your lips. Before you'll experience more, you must talk more. I don't mean just more talking. I mean talking about more. But see, the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Why do people talk all this doubt and lack and need? Because that's what they're full of inside. That's what they've meditated on all the time, talk about all the time. And so when any kind of little pressure comes on them, they start crying and in desperation about how much we need and what we got to have. There's no faith in that. That's fear. That's unbelief. And what's the problem with fear? Your fears will come on you. You start talking about how bad it is, it's going to stay bad and get worse. How does your recovery begin? Man, we got the answer for the whole nation right here this morning. Don't we? For the whole world, right here in the Word of God. I just don't know what we're going to do. It's the worst shape we've ever been in. It's the biggest mess. I don't know. Everything's just gone to nothing. All this is falling off, and there's no work here, and there's nothing happening here. Well, that is lack in your mouth. That is decrease. That is want. That is need. The just shall live by faith. Faith calls those things that be not. Well, it ain't there. Yeah, that's why you're calling it. You begin to say, our jobs are picking up. Yeah, our, our clientele is increasing. And we're getting more jobs and we're making more on them. Mrs. Really? You go, yeah. <laughs> you really believe it. Really say it and say it consistently Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, every day of the week and night. Say it consistently and see what happens. See what happens. See what happens. Jesus said, if you'll say it and not doubt, but believe in your heart that what you say comes to pass. Jesus said, you shall have what you say. He said it. It's always been that way. From the beginning, that's when we're reading about it back here in Proverbs. Verse 21, what does it say? Verse 21. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Said that out loud a couple of times. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Say it again. Death and life are in the power of the tongue. Is this true? Does it matter what we say? How much does it matter? It is a matter of death or life. That's how serious it is. What we're saying, not just in church when I'm leading you in a confession, on a Tuesday afternoon when you're at work, and Wednesday evening when you're uh, on your way to church, or after, or any time of anywhere, What we're saying is helping us or hurting us. What we're saying is healing us or making us sick. What we're saying is bringing money to us or keeping it away from us. Do you believe this or not? What we're saying is ministering life to us or killing us. Now I know from some small experience, most church going Christians don't believe what we're talking about right now. They just absolutely do not. How would you say that, Brother Keith? It's obvious by the way they talk. If you really believed that what was coming out of your mouth was helping you or hurting you, ministering life or death, healing, blessing or curse to you, you'd watch what you said. Wouldn't you? 
You would. And if you just say all kind of stuff that's bad, that means you, you, you don't believe it. But I believe that you and I can be Bible believers. That we can be those who actually do what Jesus told us to do with our words. And we can see, people can see the fruit of it in our lives. And they can mock and make fun until they see how God does things in our lives. And then when they want to know, well, how in the world? What? What happened with you? How did that happen with you? You go, well, you know that confession stuff you're making fun of? <laughs> We're going to have to revisit that. Because <laughs> it is the way it works. Go with me, if you would, to the book of Matthew. The book of Matthew and the 16th chapter. Matthew 16, verse 13. Jesus came to the coast of Caesarea Philippi. He asked his disciples, he said, Whom do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? What's he asking them? Who do people what? He wants to know what the people are saying, doesn't he? Who do they say I am? What are they saying about me? Verse 14. They said some say that you're John the Baptist. Some are saying you're Elijah. Some are saying you're Jeremiah. Some are saying you're another prophet. So people were saying different things about him. They still are today. Verse 15. He said to them, but whom say you? That I am. What does he want to know? Who do you say. I am. There are billions of people. Alive on the planet right now. Is heaven and hell real? It is. Are all of humanity. In need of a savior. Yes they are. Do we have a savior? Glory to God. What determines who is saved and who is lost? Who dies and goes to heaven and dies and goes to hell? It all comes back to this. Who do you say he is? Romans 10, 9 and 10. Romans 10, 9 and 10. If you'll do what? If you'll do what? Say, confess. Say with your mouth, the Lord Jesus. And you believe in your heart, God's raised him from the dead. You shall be saved. Anybody in here have done this? Did it work? Do you know it? Are you confident? You recommend everybody on the planet ought to do this. Oh, it just doesn't get any more important than this. Verse 10. For with the heart man believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made under salvation. What people are all over the planet, what are they saying about him? People are saying all kind of things, just like what these guys referred to. There's all kind of folks blaspheming him, saying all kind of terrible mockery and degrading things about him. and others this could care less and nothing about him. But friend, whether you go to heaven or hell is determined by what you say about him. Who is he? And who is he to you? And not just what you think, but what you say about him. 
I'm so glad I don't have to think and wonder about it. I say, He is my Lord and Savior. Amen. Amen. The, the very next verse, when he asked them, whom do you say? Who do you say I am? That's in uh, Matthew 16. And uh, what is it, 16? Whom say you that I am? Verse 16. Simon Peter answered and he said, You are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Now, Peter had some problems. Peter made some mistakes. Some big ones. But today, he's on. I mean, what I'm talking about. He, he was quick to speak. And did you notice the confidence of this? He didn't say, we think so. We've been to figuring on it. We think we've about got it. No, no. you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. The Christ means the fulfillment of all the prophecies. The one who was to come. The. The one. The one. The anointed one. And the son of the living God. How many are glad to boldly affirm yourself. Out of your mouth today. Everybody said out loud. Lord you are. Lord, you are the, Christ, the Christ. The son. Of the living God. Is that who you say he is? Boldly. And you are my Lord, you're my Savior, my Healer, my Redeemer, my Provider. Does it matter what we say about Him? Yes. Heaven or hell. Eternity. And He goes on. Verse 17, Jesus answered and said to him, Blessed are you, Simon Barjona. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But the Father which is in heaven. And, verse 18, all this flows together. And I say also to you, you are Peter. And upon this rock. Now he's not talking about Peter being the rock. Peter's not the stone the builders rejected. He's not the foundation. He's a rock. Jesus is the rock. The Lord can make you a rock. You believe it? You can be a rock in your family, a rock at your work, a rock in your community. Upon this rock, the rock of the revelation of the Christ, I will build my church. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Don't you like that? Nothing that all the authorities and power of hell can ever come up with can overcome the Lord building his church can't happen oh he's doing some stuff and he's going to try some stuff but there is no effective counsel or plan or work or power against the Lord God Almighty it just is not in fact the psalmist said he that sits in the heavens laughs and you look at the old passage that's what he's talking about he sees the scheme now think about it you're God And the devil's going to try to get something by you. You've already seen the end from the beginning. You created the devil before he fell. And he tries to hide. And he tries to scheme. And he's going to put something over on you. You see it coming. Forget a mile away. From across three solar systems. You. Huh. You. 
He laughs. God, what are you laughing at? The devil. Look at him. He actually thinks he's going to pull this off. He really thinks he is. That's what darkness does to you. Darkness makes you dumb. Sin is dumb. Sin is dumb. It is. There's no wisdom in sin. Did you hear that phrase? There's no, if you had wisdom, you'd look and see where this is going and where you're going to wind up and you'd go, no thanks. I'm not. But just yielding to the flesh, you get it figured out later. Oh man, what have I done? There's no wisdom in sin. But thank God, when you say he is the Christ, it puts you in the part of his building, his church, that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. And look at the very next verse. All this flows together. And I will give to you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Said out loud, the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever you shall bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you shall loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. We should be excited about this. And don't act like you've heard it before and you already know it. Take all this flow together. That's why we went back and read it. He wants to know what are they saying? What are you saying? And then based on them saying that, he wants them to know Here's the keys to the way the kingdom operates. When you're binding, you're saying. When you're loosing, you're saying. And those who are born again and standing on the rock of the living Christ and have a right to speak in the name of the Master Jesus have the power and authority to bind. And if you stand up down here in the earth and you bind it, it's bound. It's bound here. It's bound above. It's bound below. If you loose, it's loosed. And he's telling us these are the keys of the kingdom. Well, what is a key? If you look up the words, it's exactly what you think it is. It's like our little metal objects that we uh, especially used to have. And... and (laughs) Still have some of them, but come to the door and put it in the lock and turn it. You can either shut a door and lock it and keep anything from coming through. Or you can unlock it and open it up and you can go through or something else can come through to you. And the Lord says, I'm giving you the keys to the way this operates. And what's the very next thing he said? Bind it. And it'll be bound. What does that mean? Lock it up. Take the key and lock it up so it can't get to you. Keep it out. And what else? Loose. Some things ought to be bound up. Shut down. Other things ought to be loosed. Turn loosed. Right? (laughs) Should we be shutting some stuff down? And turning some things loose. How do we do it? With what's coming out of our mouth. The words of our mouth. Go to the 12th chapter of Matthew. Just close by. Just a few verses back. Matthew 12. 
29. The devil has worked really hard. And for centuries. To get this truth away from the body of Christ. Because he fears it. Because we find out how to bind. What's the first thing we're going to bind? Him. (laughs) Well then it's very much to his advantage. To keep us in the dark. About this. Because he wants to be able to operate unrestricted. And so he has effectively. Through lies and ignorance and confusion. Gotten this out of the church. And that's why you'll see the response that you do. It doesn't even make sense. Why some people would get as upset as they do. When we talk about confession. Why would they care? Huh? See there's something more going on. There's supernatural influence. And people who have believed the wrong things. The enemy is able to stir them up. So that they actually fight it. And they don't realize. It's like shooting yourself in the foot. Why in the world would you want to fight your ability to shut the bad stuff coming against you down? And to open up blessings to flow into your life. Why would you want to do that? But ignorance. And uh, in this 12th chapter, you see the same thing, actually more detail about the connection. Matthew 12 and 29. How can one enter into a strong man's house And spoil his goods. Except he do what first? Bind. That strong man. And then. He will spoil his house. Verse 30. He that's not with me. Is against me. And he that gathers not with me. Scatters abroad. Keep going. Skip on down to verse 33. For time's sake. Either make the tree good. And his fruit good. Or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by the fruit. Verse 34. O generation of vipers, how can you being evil do what? Speak good things. For out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh. Now he, was ta- he started out talking about binding, didn't he? And now he's talking about speaking. Why? Because that's how you bind. Verse 35. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart brings forth good things. Anybody know how he would do that? Speaking. And an evil man out of the evil treasure brings forth evil things. How? He just got through saying out of the abundance of the heart. The mouth speaks. Verse 36. But I say to you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by your words you shall be justified, and by your words you shall be condemned. You know, I'm convinced in the days to come and in the judgment seat of Christ, we're going to hear a whole lot of what we said. I'm convinced. People are going to want to get in God's face and question him, and question his justice, and they're going to start to rant and rave, and they're going to start hearing their voice. And it's going to shut them up. Because we've already studied this. God's had a word for his people that he delivered out of Egyptian bondage. And he told them that he was taking them out of there, and taking them into the promised land, and he spoke those words over them. We studied this, right? Yes, sir. But then they said something else. Didn't they? 
They said something contrary to what he said. And so what happened in their life? What he said or what they said? What they said. said. See, this is the thing that people don't even want to look at. I made this statement and people look at you like you're heresy or something. But the truth is, your words carry more weight in your life than anybody else's, including God's. People can't, sometimes can hardly believe it. They go, what? Yes. If he says you're clean by Jesus and you say, no, I'm not. I don't believe in Jesus. Do you hear me? You saved or lost? He's lifted up to us. And so again and again, people are going, they're unhappy, they're miserable, they're blaming God. And what happened is he was not able to do what he said What happened is what they said. Their words is what changed their life. The word confession. You know Jesus is called the apostle and high priest of our confession. And the Bible tells us hold fast to your confession of faith. Because faithful is he that promised. Don't waver. And that word confession literally means saying the same thing. And the biggest thing we're to do with our confession is agree with him. Whatever he says. We should say what he says. If he says all our needs are met according to his riches and glory, then we should say nothing except that. Right? And don't talk about what you need and what you don't have and what's not happening. You should only say what he said. Yes. If he said you've been made the righteousness of God in Christ, quit talking about how you feel and how you've messed up and how short you've come. and how Say what he said. Can you see what the problem is? All the enemy has to do with millions of Christians is just tempt them a little bit with feelings or bring some memories to them or something and they'll start talking it. I'm not this and I can't do that and I'm such a poor pitiful excuse for this and I can't and I can't. If you say so. But you could agree with him. I said you could agree with him. And he never called you a failure. He never said you couldn't do it. He told you you could do all things through Christ who strengthens you. That you have been given every blessing and everything that pertains to life and godliness and the greater ones in you. And you're more than a conqueror. What if that's all you ever said in life? Something tried to slap you down and you just popped up and said, I'm more than a conqueror. <laughs> Something said, you can't win this time. You said, he always causes me to try. And that's all you would ever say. Do you reckon God would watch over his word and perform it coming out of your mouth? If all you would ever say, all you would ever say is what he said. So you see, the subtlety and the, the terrible effectiveness of the enemy's craft in taking this truth away, robbing the word out of the soil of believers' lives so that you got the bulk of Christianity in the earth just talking. I mean, they'd rather talk something bad than good. Hadn't they? And then they're, if they're not talking bad about themselves, they're talking bad about somebody else. Did you hear about so-and-so? 
It's bad, negative. I just don't know how in the world they're going to make it. It's the biggest mess. It's the biggest mess. And, and so then they see somebody else and tell the story all over again. It's the biggest mess. And it's the biggest. And then see somebody else. They got to tell it again. Oh, it's the biggest mess. It's the biggest mess. If you say so. But we could be using the same breath. Couldn't we? We could be using the same breath and hook some faith with it. And be ministering life. Glory to God. If you'll pay attention to your heart, the Lord will give you a word. Phyllis and I take this thing seriously. Concerning you. And concerning the people in our church family. And if I hear something negative or something a problem, you know, some attack or issue with somebody, I start looking what I can say over them. I can't say just anything. It has to be in faith or it won't amount to anything. And how much I can say and how far I can say depends on how hooked they are, how much of the church they've been a part. And that's not according to me. That's according to what you can discern in the spirit. Because unless the Lord's in it, it'll do me no good to say anything. But I start looking. And I know sometimes people might think I just said it off the wall, but I didn't. Sometimes I'll say, they'll come out. Hallelujah. They'll come out. They'll be stronger in this than they were before this happened. I, I, that's not just a standard thing I say. That's something came up in my spirit. And I know I got a right to say it. Are you listening, friends? You can do this with your family. You can do this with anything and everything that's under your hand and under your influence. And when we hear something bad, the first thing we ought to do is mm, zip it until we find out what we can say. Are y'all with me, friends? What can we say to change this, to get this going in the right direction? Not just start, you know, pull out our list of confessions and just start saying them mindlessly and robotically. That doesn't work. There's got to be faith in it. And the thing that's going to have faith is the thing that the Lord quickens to you. He'll quicken something to you. He'll touch you with something. And you'll just know. I get excited when I know I can say something over you. <laughs> I get it. Sometimes it doesn't necessarily happen just immediately when I hear it. It might be a few days. It might be a few weeks. Some things have been months. But then I'll know. I can say that. And so I'll begin to say. And once the Lord gives you something, don't change it. Then say the same thing all the time. You say that same thing. This book is full of words like that. And they apply to every area of our life. Can you say glory to God? He said, verse 36, every idle word that men shall speak, they'll give account thereof in the day of judgment. I said, uh, people will hear in the day to come, they'll hear words they set down here. The Lord told us we're responsible for idle words. What are idle words? Idle means the same thing that Jesus told the story of the men who stood around idle in the uh, marketplace all day, not working. Idle is not working. Are all of our words supposed to work? See, this is the revelation we need. Every one of our words are supposed to be productive. Now, because we've grown up in worldliness and hadn't necessarily grown up like this, that just sounds amazing to us. Every word is supposed to work. 
supposed to produce something? Because most of the church thinks words are just the way I express myself. But when Jesus spoke, do you believe it mattered? Do you believe everything he said made a difference? He didn't just come on the scene and comment and go, whew, ain't that a mess? (laughs) He didn't just come up and go, that's sad, sad, sad. Mm -mm. No, his words changed things. Didn't they? He spoke to trees. He spoke to wind and waves. He spoke to oppressed people and sick people. And it changed their situation. And folks say, well, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. I know. (laughs) Had a fellow thought he was really dressing me down one time. He said, well, you're just trying to act just like Jesus. I said, I thought that was the idea. You know anybody better to act like? (laughs) Did not Jesus himself say, if you believe on me, the works I do, you'll do also. And greater works than these shall you do because I go to my Father. Are we supposed to act like him? Are we supposed to follow him? Talk like he talked. Pray like he prayed. Believe like he believed. Obey like he obeyed. Are we? We are. And the glorious thing is we can. Now we've all come short of it. But don't just look back at that. Get forgiven. Get cleansed. And you can start anew and afresh. And if you make a mistake, don't just fall down and quit. Go, Lord, forgive me. I ask you to forgive me and cleanse me. No, I'm not saying that. Uh, I don't believe that. Uh, Those words no longer have effect in my life. I'm saying this. You can change it any day. Lord, forgive me for saying that. I repent for saying that. And I don't believe that. And that's not what's going to happen. This is what's going to happen. And start saying and be consistent. Day in, day out, month after month, year after year. And so then your words will cease being idle, empty, vain, non-productive. But they will be productive. They will be producing. Didn't the Bible say let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. But that which is good to the use of edifying. That it may minister grace to the hearers. Watch about just telling everything to people. Including your family and friends. You don't want to burden them. You don't want them to come in happy. And after hearing your sad story. Leave depressed. You didn't help them or you. Did you? Well I just need to. I just need to get it out. No, you don't need to let it in. What you're talking about is this getting it out. That is yielding to something wrong. And yeah, your flesh might feel a little bit relieved, but you're going to be in worse shape spiritually than you were before. Get a hold of your flesh. Get a hold of your mouth. Make it do its duty. Watch what you tell. If you'll just hesitate a little bit and think. Okay, and if I tell them that, then what? Is it going to help them? Are they going to get in faith with me? Or are they going to call me nine times the rest of the week and talk unbelief to me about it? We need to be led in these things. 
And we need to check our heart. Lord, give me words that will help them. There is a thought. There is a word. There is a story. There is something that will help them. Isn't there? And the Lord will show you. And you start operating like that. Now you have to talk less and think more. I know it's challenging. But, but you do. But if you will. And the Lord uses you. And you realize it is an apple of gold. In a pitcher of silver. It is the right word for the time. And when they hear it. Their eyes light up. They start believing instead of doubting. They start coming back up. You get a taste of that. And you'll want to do it again. Won't you? You want to do it again? And so you'll be looking and you can become an official encourager of the brethren. Somebody that God uses on a regular basis. And people will look so forward to seeing you come. Because they just know you're going to say something good. Everybody else has got a bad report. Everybody else is depressed and down. But you come bopping in. And they just know. And now you've got their faith working for you. For you to get something good. It just gets better and better. It gets easier and it gets stronger. And you are a bringer of light. A bringer of life and love. People will love you for it. I said they'll love you for it. Glory to God. I guarantee you. If I change next week, I'm not. But if I change next week and all you heard out of me from now on is, whoa, whoa, whoa is us. Doom and gloom, judgment and sorrow. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Man, this crowd would thin out. <laughs> Boy, your voice would reverberate like an empty can in here. I mean, <laughs> you don't want to hear that. You don't need to hear that. There's some truths about judgment. There's some truths about these things. But even though it can be sobering and, and challenging when the Lord ministers to you, even if you got a good spanking. Time it's over, you're going, glory to God. I needed that. I mean, there's life in it, isn't it? And it gives you hope. And it gives you strength. Well, it's not just that I'm supposed to be consistent doing that every service. You're supposed to be consistent every day at home and on the job too. Whether you think you are or not, the Lord's holding you accountable. Just like he's holding me accountable. For the words that I say and the effect they have on people's lives. These are not just preacher verses, are they? (laughs) That was a little weak. (laughs) They're not. They're not just preacher verses. Uh, Go with me, if you would, to Luke, the 13th chapter. Jesus gave us the keys of the kingdom of heaven. When he makes such a statement... Should it be held in high esteem by us? When the Lord says, I'm giving you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Should we make a big deal out of this? Everybody go with the keys. The keys. What do you do with keys? 
Hey, you lock stuff up and shut it up and you open things up. Right? Some things need to be locked up. Things, something need to be shut down, stopped. Don't they? Do we have a part to play in stopping things? We do. Some things need to be loosed. Not held up, but loosed. And it's in the power of our words and binding and loosing. In Luke 13, you see an example of this in Jesus' life and ministry. Luke 13, verse 10. Jesus was teaching in one of the synagogues on the Sabbath. And there was a woman which had a spirit of infirmity 18 years, was bowed together, could in no wise lift up herself. She was bent over, stooped over, 18 years, could not straighten up. Verse 12, when Jesus saw her, he called her to him. She's bent over, she stooped over, and Jesus says, you. She's bent over, she goes, me? He goes, yeah, you, come here, come here. So she comes over. What's he about to do? Anybody? Anybody? What does she need? She needs to be loosed. He called her over and he said, Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. Glory to God. Somebody say, Glory to God. Woman, you are loosed from your infirmity. He laid his hands on her. Immediately she was straight, loosed, and glorified God. Nothing is said about her glorifying God those 18 years she's been over and can't straighten up. But now she's straight, she's loose, she's free, and glorifying God, and people that see it and hear it are glorifying God with her. Thank you, Lord. And the ruler of the synagogue answered with indignation, indignation. Oh, he's indignant. Because Jesus healed on the Sabbath day. He said, there are six days. I'm not saying that right. There are six days in which men ought to work. Ought. In them, therefore come and be healed. And not on the Sabbath day. Now, here's the ignorance of this. You cannot be an expert on what you can't do if you don't know how to do. Anybody with me now? Don't come tell me anything about how not to do healing and you don't know a thing in the world about healing. And yet, these religious-minded folk that don't know God... That's all they are full of. Is you can't do this. You don't do it this way. Don't do it. Well, how do you do it? Which day do they have a healing day? They're telling him what day he can't have a healing on. They never had healing days. And Jesus said, You hypocrite. I've wanted to say that a time or two. <laughs> you hypocrite. That thought has particularly come to me several times. People start talking about money. And they want to judge you for having something nice. Or they want to, uh, you know, make all these. Hypocrites. Yeah. Hypocrites. You believe in poverty? Why don't you practice it? Yeah. <laughs> Hypocrite. 
<laughs> hypocrite. He said, you hypocrite. Does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or his ass from the stall and lead him away to water it? Loose them? They're thirsty? And ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, now a woman is more important than an ox. I said, why would you say that? Well, in correction of animal rights activists who are convinced that animals are the same as people. They have the same rights as people. They do not. Well, they're just as valuable. A squirrel is just as valuable as you. No, they are not. What makes you say that? Jesus. Jesus said, you are of much more value than many sparrows. And then he said here in other places, you're more valuable than a a lamb or than a a cow or, or than a donkey. We are not the same. People try to make us animals. No, our body physiology has a lot in common with animals' bodies. We come from the same source and materials, but you're not just a body. You're a spirit inside this body. And we are not the same. I know people don't like that, but that's because they've made up something else, some other belief outside and contrary to the Bible. He said... They, you'll loose your donkey, you'll loose your ox, you'll get them to water it. <laughs> Somebody didn't like that. <laughs> Still true. <laughs> and ought not this woman, you ought to be glad you're worth more than a donkey. Yeah. <laughs> Why would you not be glad about that? <laughs> Why would you fight to be equal with a mouse? <laughs> well I just believe it that way well that's because you have chosen something outside the word right. well I got a right to my beliefs no you don't right. not if you're a Christian right. if you're not a Christian believe anything you want I guess but if you're a Christian Jesus tells us what to believe right. right we do not have a right to formulate our own beliefs we're to believe what he told us yes. period yes. end of story And he said, and I'm glad about it, that I am worth more than many sparrows. We are the apple of his eye. Jesus did not go to the cross for squirrels and sparrows. He did not redeem dogs and cats. Us. We're different. Hallelujah. Glory to God. The Lord said, you hypocrite, does not each one of you on the Sabbath loose his ox or ass from the stall and lead him away to watering? And ought not this woman being the daughter of Abraham, whom Satan has bound, lo, these 18 years, be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath day? And he did. And how did he do it? With his words. He said, you are loosed. People say, yeah, but Brother Keith, that's Jesus. Yeah, but he did it as a man. And he told us if we'd believe on him, we could do the same kind of things. Did he? John 14, 12. He did. And the Bible says, he that says he abides in him ought himself also so to walk 
even as he walked. We're supposed to walk like him, talk like him, act like him. And if we do that, we're going to be binding some stuff and shutting it down. We're going to be loosening some things and letting them go. We need to get with it. I think we're behind. I know we are. We're behind on our binding and loosening. Don't just say a bunch of empty, vain things, but look at it in your heart, get it in your spirit, and when the Lord prompts you, you shut that thing down. You say, no, you don't. Not in my house, you don't. I bind you up in the name of Jesus. You will not operate here. You will not function in my body. You will not function in my children. You will not happen in my finances. I shut you down. I shut you down. Now that's the thing the devil was hoping you would not find out. Because there's nothing he can do. What makes the difference? The difference is if you believe something happens when you say it. Now if you don't believe anything happens, then it won't. Because it's not just saying it, it's faith. But if you believe something is shut down when you say it is, then you'll have what you said. We need to be loosening some things. Amen. Every business owner ought to be loosening some business. Right? Loosen some business your way. People are going to go out there and buy it from somebody today. They might as well come see you. Where does your economic recovery begin? Where does your increase and turn around? It starts in your mouth. And you need to be loosing and saying, I call business to me. Jobs and sales and contracts, they are loosed to flow into my life and into my business. And anything that would hinder them or mess them up or cause them to fall through, I bind it up. I shut it down in Jesus' name. It won't hinder me. It won't prevent us. And the key is believe it. Expect it to come to pass. Can you say amen? Amen. Now the closer you walk with the Lord, the better your prayer life, the more in tune with Him you are, the more you'll know what to say in every situation. Instead of saying a bunch of empty things, you'll know the thing to say. Anybody find out, the Lord will show you the exact thing, the exact thing to say over you, over your marriage, your money, your body, that specific physical situation, your kids. The exact, I don't care if they're grown, your grandkids, there's something that you can say that'll help them. Amen. Even if they don't hear it. Because words, God spoke and said, light be. I mean, it went through the whole universe. Didn't it? Still going. And uh, you and I can say things, and even if people didn't hear it with their eardrums, it'll affect their lives. It'll change them. Glory to God. Somebody say glory to, glory to God. Stand on your feet. Let's act on this song. Let's act on this. Glory be to God. Lord, we worship you for the privilege of being speaking spirits. We worship you for the privilege of being the redeemed, that we have a right. We can say these things in your name, and it changes situations. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, praise you, Lord. Just lift up your hands. Lift up your hearts. Lord, we worship you. We worship you. We worship you. 
We need, yes, we need to bind that up. We need to shut that down. Everybody say it out loud. In the name of Jesus. Depression. Helplessness. Hopelessness. Despair. We bind you up. Stop operating. In our lives. Amongst our family. I bind you up. I shut you down in the name of Jesus. Glory to God. Glory to God. I want you to see the door slammed on that and the key locked. Glory to God. Glory to God. Sit out loud. I speak blessing over my house. I loose. Blessing, Blessing. joy, Joy. light, Light. life, Life. love, Love. increase, Increase. liberty, Liberty. loosed in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. I want you to see the door opening up. Both doors. Both doors opening up and standing open. So that good things can come through. Good things can come in. And good things can come upon. In Jesus name. There's some folk in here. There's some people watching by internet. And there's some diseases. That have been ravaging their body. And just continue to grow and increase. And do damage and do damage. That can be stopped. That can be shut down. Everybody said, in the name of Jesus, Jesus. foul disease, disease. I command you, you, stop, Stop. we bind you up, up. stop advancing, stop Stop growing, stop Stop operating, stop Stop living, living. we curse you you. and bind you you. in Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 Jesus said these are the keys to the kingdom. Thank you, Lord. Now say it out loud. We loose recovery, restoration, healing power in the name of Jesus. Be made whole. Be restored. In Jesus' name. Glory to God. 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 Yeah, we need to bind that up too. Say it out loud. Confusion. Confusion in the home. Confusion in our teenagers. In our children. children. Confusion. Confusion. In the marriage. marriage. We bind you up. We We shut you down. down. Not in our houses. Not in our our lives. lives. We bind you. you. And stop you. you. In Jesus name. name. Hallelujah. 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 Now say this out loud. Peace. Peace. 
be over our households. Peace be loosed over our children, our grandchildren, our young people. Peace in our homes. Peace in our marriages. Peace is loosed upon us. Glory to God. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now be on the watch. Rest of the day. Rest of the week for the Lord to prompt you. Uh, Something will be going on. Maybe you've let it go for years and years. And the Lord will prompt you. When are you going to do something about that? Stop that. And people have thought, me? Yeah, you. You talk to that. You bind it up. That's the keys of how the whole kingdom operates. Glory to God. It's how God operates. And we're his children. We're supposed to operate in the same principles. Glory to God. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.